Welcome to Honest Money. On today's episode, Warren Ingram answers your questions around local versus international feeder funds for beginners. And is there merit in individual share investments versus index investing? And what would the growth rate look like? If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and share. Hi Warren, I hope that you are well. I have a question today on investing directly in a foreign currency denominated ETF such as the MSCI World versus the RAND denominated FIDA ETF. So I'm a new investor who's looking to invest in ETFs and a piece of advice that I received is that I should try to avoid FIDA funds because they generally eat away your returns over time. Um, However, from doing research on the various ETF options, as well as reading several personal finance books, I've learned that generally it seems that investing directly in the, um, say, US-denominated ETF is going to cost a bit more. And also, there are some pretty complicated tax implications if you invest directly in an offshore uh, ETF. So my question for you is, what is your take on that piece of advice? What would you advise for someone who's just about to start investing? Should one go into the master fund, into the feeder fund? And there are obviously benefits to both, but if one starts on, say, the RAND denominated feeder fund, at what point do you start considering when to switch over into, say, a US dollar denominated investment? Thank you so much. I really look forward to your insights. Cheers. Thank you so much for your question. I think it's a a very relevant one for a lot of investors who are starting out on the investment journey and especially looking at the global markets and trying to find efficient ways to get their money invested uh, for the long term. Uh, so, so the difference just for, for, for people who are listening to this between a feeder fund and a normal ETF is a feeder fund, you, you take your rands, you put them um, you know, into, into investment on the JSE. So you buy, for example, you know, the, a, a world feeder fund, you put in money, whether it's 50 bucks or a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand rand. Um, and what happens is that money goes in, the, the ETF provider then takes that money, sends it overseas and buys the underlying index. So in the world index example, they'll actually go and buy the world index on a, on a global stock exchange. And then what happens with your investment is you get the benefit of whatever that stock exchange is, uh, index is doing around the world. So if the world index in dollar terms goes from $1 to $5, you get the benefit of that growth. In addition to that, you also get the, the, the movement of the RAND dollar over that time. So let's just say, for example, that you sent your money out at uh, 14 Rand 50 and you, you, you bought the index when it was at that level. In five years' time, it's sitting at 19 Rand. Then, then that growth of, of 14 Rand 50 to 19 Rand, you would also get the benefit of that, uh, that currency depreciation of the RAND against the dollar. However, if the rand uh, goes from fourteen fifty down to ten rand, then you would actually be losing because then the rand would have been stronger, and you would be four rand fifty worse off. So, so when you when you buy a feeder fund, just understand that you're getting the the movement of the index um, as one part of your investment uh, performance, and then the other part is the the rand versus the foreign exchange uh, index that you're buying. So, 
you know, if you bought a Euro, uh, Euro stocks 50, which is the 50 biggest shares in Europe, then it would be the Rand Euro. If it was the Japanese index, the same. So, so it's important to understand those two dynamics. For me, I really like feeder funds when you're doing a debit order every month or you're doing smaller investments um, because you're not paying the bank to do the foreign exchange conversion for you. So you're not converting you know, your, your 5,000 rands worth of, uh, or let's say your 5,000 rand into dollars and paying a forex conversion uh, fee to do that. And you're also not paying a, a, a transaction charge in dollars when you then have your dollars in a foreign stockbroking account and you use that money to then buy a, a foreign ETF. Because often those transaction charges could be a fixed fee. So it could be, for example, they charge you $9 a, a, a transaction or they charge you, you know, a small percentage or something like that. So for debit orders and, and smaller investments, I like the, the feeder funds. I think they're a very efficient uh, route. And so whoever was giving the advice that, you know, don't use a feeder fund because it, it eats away your returns, I, I just think it's rubbish. I, they, they don't understand or they've got a different angle for, for giving you that information. Um, when do you convert your feeder fund into uh, an actual dollar or pound or euro denominated investment? M my view is that you probably want to do that when your investments are worth about 500,000 rand or more. Then it's actually worth going through that, the pain of getting the foreign exchange, uh, you know, converting your rands into dollars, sending the money out, opening a foreign, uh, foreign stockbroking account and then buying the ETFs on the other side. Uh, you, you know, when you invest in larger amounts, the transaction charges for the uh, foreign exchange is usually better, um, certainly because it's a percentage. And, and then also when you're buying uh, your ETFs um, via the stockbroker on the other side, you know, is, especially if it's a fixed fee, then that transaction charge becomes a smaller percentage of the whole when, when you're trading in larger amounts. So, so I think that that's probably the, 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 the level that I would, I would suggest. Uh, and, and for a lot of the time, you know, you know I'd, be, I'd be happy to do it even at a million rand or more. I'm not sure that 500,000 is, is the maximum limit, but certainly the, the, the smallest limit before I would, I would seriously consider it. I hope that helps and thanks so much for your question. Morning Warren, it's Chris here. I'd like your opinion on South African blue chip companies compared to ETFs such as the S&P 500 or the M MCSI. And what do you think the growth rate will be when you compare these to each other within the next 10 years? Gee, Chris, I think it's a, a really interesting debate uh, that you're about to spark with that question. You know, whether you buy, you know, com individual companies or whether you buy an ETF. Um, the, the industry jargon for this is about active management versus passive management. In other words... Do you try and choose companies that uh, that you think are going to grow faster than the stock exchange, or do you just buy the whole stock exchange uh, and and not worry about uh, individual companies and, and and just enjoy the ride up or down depending on what uh, what goes on in markets? So so history tells us that uh, both in South Africa and in the rest of the world that only two out of every ten active managers, so those those are fund managers that try and choose individual shares. Um, can actually do better than the index. And for me, that's a bit like, you know, someone saying to you, you know, you can start the year and, 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 and not study, not do any, um, uh, any learning, and you can pass the end of the year at school with an 80% pass mark by simply buying the index. So, so that, that's what I feel about um, 
index investing is that you've got a very good chance of being in, in the top uh, 20% of performers, um, you know, being better than eight out of 10 other, other individuals or fund managers who choose individual shares. Um, and you can do it at a very low cost with very little effort or, or input from your side and certainly uh, hopefully less stress. So, so I think index investing for most of us, and I, and I put myself in that category, uh, is, is a very good way to go, especially if you're not a professional money manager or you're not someone who, who can commit a huge amount of time um, to, to researching companies and, and understanding them. And then I also think, you know, having a special set of knowledge. So, for example, you know, if you're a, a, a tech specialist, you know, in your in your day-to-day -day job and you then decide to go and research tech shares and you understand which tech shares are going to do incredibly well because you've got deep industry knowledge, then maybe choosing individual shares makes a lot of sense. But if you're like me and you don't know a lot about anything, then then uh, buying an index might well be the, the way to go. I will say, and, and you know, before all the active managers get upset with me, that the two out of 10 active managers that do manage to beat the index often do it by a huge amount. So, so there is merit in looking at uh, you know, individual shares and, and, and hoping that you, you choose the ones that will do a lot better than the index. But I, I'm, I'm not convinced that I've got that skill. And for most private investors, I'm not sure that that'll be their highest uh, chance of, of making money. So, so I think, Chris, if you're going to do it and you're going to choose individual shares, maybe do it a, do a blend. You know, so so you say, well, out of every ten thousand rand that you're going to put into sh into shares, five thousand rand you put into the the, the all share index in South Africa. And then the other 5,000 Rand, you, you choose a combination of different shares uh, and, and, and hope that, that your share selections do well. If they do, then you'll benefit with half of your money and you'll still get the growth of the index. But if your share selections are not good, then at least half of your money will be in the index and, and will protect you against a complete uh, loss of capital if things really go wrong. So short answer is choosing individual shares gives you the, the ability to generate more growth but it does come with more risk. And, and so my preference is generally, uh, you know, small amounts of money, novice investors or people that don't want to put a lot of time and effort into this or worry about it, they should buy, buy the index. Hope that helps. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.